Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Each week, we hear real-time stories from athletes and CEOs on how to maximize performance through an endurance mindset. Let's get started. Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Today's guest is a leader in endurance sports. Him and his team specialize in event production and have recently reopened their athlete management business. The founder and CEO is Soul Focus LLC and Run Local Ventures. Please welcome JT Service. Uh, thanks for having me, Greg. It's uh, great to have you on the show. So let's jump right into it. Um, we love to focus on endurance and endurance leadership. And so my favorite question to ask my guests is, JT, tell me about how your endurance mindset has impacted your life unexpectedly. Mm, right, right off the begin, right off the top. Um, yeah. what's, what's wild is got me onto a show that talks about endurance and business and there's nothing else I'd rather talk about. Yeah. You know, I was like, yes. All right. I'm into that. Like these, these are my things. This is pretty much how I spend my time. Um, but I think where that question takes a, a little turn and a twist is that unexpectedly part, right? Like there's, there's the obvious for me, which is how we built our business, which is around endurance sports. Like I think you've had other people on that are, are business coaches and they're leaders in, in their space. And but ours is so like on the nose, uh, endurance mindset meets endurance sports that there, there's the obvious, which is it's affected my life every single day. When I get up, I'm either doing and participating in endurance sports on the bike, on the run, all those things, or we're planning that experience for somebody else. So like the number one off the top is that I get to do this, which is so wild. Uh, and, and put my my business mindset right into what we do every single day, whether it's the Kauai Marathon or the San Francisco Marathon or Beta Breakers or something we're doing, like we're we're taking those lessons learned in business and putting it right into the experience the endurance athlete's going to have. And we can like get into that at, at some point. But th there's just the on the nose piece that is hard for me to to avoid and that my life is endurance sports and it is it is endurance. But it's the it's the unexpectedly that I think is is more interesting here because it applies then to everybody out in the world um first of all it's 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 kind of like a grind like it's it's this piece that you when we're out there on the bike or on the run or going through training cycles it's just not easy right like it is it, it's not easy and we have asked ourselves for a lot and we have put ourselves in a situation that not other people put these in when i say we I'm talking about an endurance athlete. Um, we put ourselves into a situation that is not comfortable. And it is, and you're going to run into pitfalls and you're going to run into all these things. And the unexpected part for me is how much easier that has made the rest of my life. Because business is not easy, because life is going to throw you curveballs, because just meeting grit with grace is is how you meet really tough situations in a race and it's how you meet really tough situations in in, in life and in business and i'm a small business owner and something terrible happens every single day <laughs> it gets where it feels that way it could be a team member it could be an employee it could be some shipment it could be logistics of some kind of thing but like meeting that moment with like i can do this or we'll get through it or this will pass is the exact same thing that you feel at like mile 18 when you're like of, of its 26 mile odyssey of a marathon where it's like 
this will pass, get through it. If you freak out, it's only going to be worse. So that's like the best way I can explain my endurance mindset and how it hits me every single day or every single week, whether it's family or, or, or business. It just seems to like hit this one, that one moment. How are you going to react? JT, that's so well said and you're spot on, right? Uh, you hit it right on the nose just to reuse your nose uh, <laughs> content. Um, taking that a slightly different and thinking about your team and the work that you're doing, yep. talk to us also about how the endurance mindset supports your team, motivates you every day. Uh, you know, these bumps in the road in our training, you're absolutely right, also helps us in our life when you know, you're trying to get out the door and your five-year-old spills the cereal <laughs> all over the floor and now you're going to be late for this, what you think is an important meeting, but really right. isn't an important meeting. But our training helps us get through those moments. Yep. Talk to us about the team environment and how it helps a team get through those types of moments. Um, it's interesting. I think that for us goes back to purpose um, because I can't always be there. And sometimes, yes, it's a team, but sometimes you're an individual at a place um, building an event on a course, having a moment of, of challenge and, and the purpose has to come back to why are we doing this? Um, and why, why do we do this? I, we have, we have over overlaying purpose, which is the purpose of the business, which is to inspire people to move, uh, within their communities. Just like we have found that there's more happiness on the other side of movement. So if we can bring that to people's lives, like then, then that's our, that's our core purpose, whether we're working with a brand, working with an event, whatever it is, our purpose is to help people move and instilling that in our team members at all times. I mean, like you're doing something powerful. Like this is, this is a magical way to spend your time. This is not easy. We get it, but you're doing something that's going to help change people's life. That's like overarching a purpose. B purpose is we're trying to create something great within our company. So it's like, um, the events we produce, the experiences, the magic we want to create. We want to make that a special thing and exceed upon it. So as long as my team knows of what they're trying to do and why they're trying to do it, then there's something to rely on. And, and that way they're not just doing it for nothing or not realizing why they're out there at 5 a.m. <laughs> this is, we get back to the endurance athlete. Endurance athletes show up at 7.30 for their 8 a.m. race and everything's perfect. Right. Like the start lines up, the bathrooms are out there. I'm sure there's some complaints about some line here or there, or they're, you know, checking in that, but it's because an army of people have been up since 2 a.m. getting that ready for them. And it's really challenging for those individuals. And that's where you need purpose fired up in, in some camaraderie and team that you're, you're pulling in the same direction. So before I go any further, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, thank I am you. bouncing around. Sorry, I, Greg. I, I, uh, no, I have to say as an endurance athlete, I have to say thank you because you're spot on when you yeah. do get to race day and the lights are on and they got that mood and the Don Johns are, are clean. Yeah. You don't realize all the work and preparation that went into it. And we'll get right. into this later in the show, but I'd love for you to spend a few minutes talking about sort of what the run of show is sure. for you and your team. So us who get to enjoy getting to the starting line can say thank you. So give us right. a little insight. Well, I won't go all the way deep because that starts like six months prior to yeah. conversations you're having with city leaders, municipalities, fire, police, medical, park services, 
all those things. And that's, that's real, right? That's, that's where a lot of the, the sausage is made in those six months leading in. But let's start at 2 a.m. <laughs> because I've been doing this 15 years. And the first thing you're going to do is start securing all streets and roads. Like you have to shut down roads. And that means there are weird drivers that are not happy at 2 a.m. about being turned off their normal route home after a bar or after a long work shift or something like that. So you're securing roads with police and creating basically a platform to build this event upon. Then you're bringing in all these services, all these assets, whether they're portable restrooms or barricades to keep those streets safe or start and finish structures to make it look beautiful. And now you're bringing in uh, sound and equipment and power and all these things to like roll in to make sure that you can hear the announcer and hear the music and feel that energy. And now you're bringing in volunteers and placing them in the right spots. And after volunteers, you're bringing in VIPs or your announcer or your uh, national anthem singer and making sure all these little pieces are just ready at the right moment so that it 7.57 a.m., you can say, is everyone ready to go? You know, are you excited to race? And, and bringing in that infrastructure and then sending the people off and then producing a beautiful race and then breaking it all down is just such like a, it is a rush. And to see that moment like come together, uh, I would actually bring this back to like the unexpected part of our endurance mindset, which is joy. And that's like the, mm. at the end of this in, endurance uh, of these journeys of like getting through those tough moments is joy. And if you, if you're not experiencing that or taking, taking that for granted, then you're missing something because that's often what gets you through to those points. And that's, that's kind of like the most unexpected pieces, like the, the happiness, the experience and the thing you get to see built, uh, at the end. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, you know, I think about my typical race day, and let's say it's a long distance triathlon and there's many, many hours. I, I'm there with the, with the lights on at the finish line. Right. But your day has to be even, even longer. I mean, it's gotta be almost a 24 hour cycle. It is. On it's, a long distance I know. Cycle. And they're not, they're not healthy sometimes. Uh, but yeah, they start real early and on the full triathlon days or the ultra marathons. I mean, we're working almost in shifts. You have to shut it down to an extent and bring in a, a fresh team. Uh, some of us can't shut it down. We're just worried about it or thinking about it, or we want to see every finisher. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a day. It's a, it's a full day. It's not just a day. It's a full day. Yeah. So looking at this from a different perspective, um, as somebody who's now seen, I'm speaking for you, seen probably hundreds of thousands of athletes tow yeah. the starting line. And we're talking about mindset. Do you have a sense of sort of like which athletes have it together, which athletes are going to have a great day versus those that might struggle? Or like, can you get a sense of sort of what the potential performance of an athlete is? And, and what are the indicators that, that give you that sense if you do? That's interesting. I was just thinking about that. I was at a, a race called the Wharf to Wharf. It's a, it's a classic race in California, six miles, been going on for 51 years. And you have this great, dichotomy, I don't even know, uh, range of runners. You've got some of the fastest Eastern East Africans, uh, in the world running, you know, sub four thirty a mile. And then you've got hobby joggers like out there, but they're all mixed in. And it's kind of the beauty of endurance sports and man, can you tell the difference? Like one is, and, and this is, I can also see this probably in elite elite runners and it's this sense of calm. I, I love a sense of calm or a sly smile or of someone who's enjoying being there. 
Um, and for me, that that's when I knew I was going to perform my best. When I, you have that like quiet confidence or just something like, you're like, it doesn't matter what someone's going to throw at me because I know I'm ready today. And I know that person's, that person's ready. They're going to have a big day that day because they're saving on most of their energy. And two, there's this some kind of aura of confidence, I think, about them. And the opposite side is nervous energy. Uh, people doing drills and things they've never done before. They're watching other people do things and they're just copying those things. And uh, it, like everything just looks a little bit off, right? It's, it's just unprepared, I think. JT, let's shift gears here. Let's talk about you. Tell us how you got into event production. Give us a little bit about your childhood. Like sure. give the audience a sense of who you are. Oh, let's go way back. Cool. Yeah, um, way back. <laughs> uh, I, I was an athlete. Sports were huge in my household. My dad was a coach, cross country and track coach at the lo local high school. He ended up coaching at Santa Clara University, uh, men's and women's uh, track and field cross country teams there. Uh, definitely hit the parent lottery. Like had two people that worked their tails off, but also balanced it by having fun. Um, and they gave me just a ton of opportunities. Just, and you don't realize it when you're a kid. You don't, you, now you look back and you're like, oh, that basketball camp, that thing, like none of those things must have been easy uh, for it. The, the basketball camp quickly went away when I stopped growing past five foot, eight inches tall. And, and we realized that maybe I should find something that, that I can just grind out. And that turned out to be endurance sports. So I ran high school cross country and track in San Jose, California. That turned into an opportunity to run in college at UC Santa Barbara. Um, I was on a very magical team that kind of just progressed and got better over four years. Um, this is this is impactful. And, and a reason why I'm talking about it is it, uh, some of those team members are still on my team today at Soul Focus and Run Local. So we've got uh, a bit of like a, a camaraderie and that I was like, oh, I want to keep that feeling going. I want to keep that that team feeling. And so we've built a lot of our business around not only key people, but also like that, that collegiate team feel of like, let's just keep progressing together and let's, let's keep building something. Um, so <laughs> a little bit of Peter Pan syndrome probably of like, oh yeah, let's just keep having fun and, and doing it. But it's gotten serious over the years. Um, so after college, I went to law school at Santa Clara. And I think in the middle of law school, I was realizing that I should not be a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> This is, this is not for me. Uh, I, I can do the work. I understand the material, but I won't be serving anybody uh, if I'm not happy and, and doing anybody any, any, any good. So I found a way to kind of combine my love of sport with, with the law. Uh, I started working for another agency out of San Francisco after law school, passed the bar. I'm actually still a member of the California bar, but I've used that to, to kind of build this company and serve as our in-house counsel here at Soul Focus and and uh, run local. So what we did is, is we kicked it off by starting Soul Focus by producing events for other people. Um, Lucille Packard Children's Hospital, uh, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, we had a number of early clients, but we were just there to like produce 10Ks, 5Ks, fundraising events um, by taking kind of that knowledge that I had from running marathons, from being in the Olympic trials, from having a good network inside the the sport of endurance and running specifically. And we combine that with, with just a lot of passion for creating great events and try to make them a little bit different, add a little bit of creativity and pieces like that. So we were just going to create great events and that turned into just a real small, solid small business. 
I think where things started to get exciting were when we started to realize a lot of our sponsors of those small businesses, they just weren't getting the the value that they were putting into it. I mean, they were paying for a sponsorship. They were putting up a banner. They were, um, you know, a logo here on a t-shirt. We would call that sponsorship soup on the back of a, like a running shirt. It's like, what are you getting out of that thing? And we didn't, we didn't, we wanted to keep our sponsors around, show them some ROI. So we started asking them what they were doing with other events. That led us to becoming an experiential agency and experience agency for Hoka, Under Armour, Strava, GoPro, um, a number of partners where we're now helping them market their events and sponsor other events around the country. So Soul Focus has really become an agency beyond just creating events. Now we're, we're working with those brands as they, as they activate events. I think Hoka is probably the best, the best example where anytime they're at an Ironman, that's pretty much our team uh, where <laughs> doing, doing that signage placement, building stores, uh, doing on-course activations. Uh, if you've been to an Ironman and seen some Hoka, it's probably our team's touched it uh, 10 times or something like that. So we've done that. Uh, the last thing that would complete this journey would be our Run Local events. So I'm rocking the t-shirt today. Um, but Run Local is the events we own. So we own the San Jose Half Marathon and 408K. We own the Oakland Marathon and we own the Santa Barbara Half Marathon. So Run Local events is our proprietary events. Uh, everything from doing the marketing, the sponsorship, the sales, and the production. And we've kind of taken everything we've learned, whether it's from sponsorship, marketing, and the event production side for the last 15 years, and we put it into our own own, own events and, and put a lot of love into it. So I know that's a, man, I don't know, I just talked probably for like five, six minutes, and it was a whirlwind, and you can tell I have to do this once in a while. But it, uh, it comes from childhood. Yeah, a love of sport, uh, a love of endurance sport, having my own experience running, Take that to law school, mix it all up in a snow globe, shake it together. And here we are uh, 15 years later, creating events for other people and, and, and creating a series of events for ourselves that run local. That's brilliant. Yeah. JT, I want to dig in a little bit deeper um, around sponsorship and sponsorship value. You know, I'm part of a handful of organizations that have outside sponsorships, and we always struggle with how are we delivering value to them? Yep. And it seems as if through your commentary that you had a shift in your mindset or the way you approached it that then turned into more value creation, which then created a new business line for you. Right. Can you talk to us about how, how you solve sponsorship differently that led into this sort of cascading? Uh, yeah, and I, I won't even pretend to say we've solved it. I think with every technology and with every era, there's something new that still needs to continue to be solved. I mean, whether it's AI now or uh, social and digital marketing and the different social platforms that need to be activated, and it really depends on that sponsor. So let's start there. Asking that sponsor what they need, like getting into that sponsor. What does that partner really want? As opposed to telling them what that you can give them, it's going to be a much more productive relationship if you're like, oh, you're looking for more social followers or, oh, you want to experience, you want them to experience your new running shoe. Let's get as many trials as possible on these feet because we have access to these runners. Um, I think one thing that is always going to be tried and true is because it's event marketing, I think that the old style of it was, what are you doing at the event that weekend? But that needs to be expanded on both sides. It needs to turn into a pre-event communication cycle, a, a, an event cycle that weekend where you're going to get the most eyeballs. And then what are you doing after to follow it up with that, with that consumer? 
So it's really like a three-step process versus I think the old times was like, all right, yeah, show up on Saturday. Let's see what we can do. You'll have a booth there. You'll be on the shirt and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next year. And it's just not, they're not seeing the value and we need to see the value as events as well. We want them to be partners, not just now, but forever. And we don't want it to feel transactional. I want Under Armour to feel like they're getting to talk to this consumer for six months, six to 12 months out of the year through training runs, through pre-event activations, through uh, how do you work with the retailer that they want to be with in your area here in the Bay Area. And then let's talk about the weekend. Then let's talk about the discount code and the thing we're going to send them after because we've won them over to the point of they're ready to jump in and become a, a brand enthusiast or something like that. So we're going to send them 20% off. But that be, it takes a while to get to that moment of, of uh, basically choice or the consumer has so many choice out there. So you got to really invest in them too in the event. That's really, really helpful. Um, another little shift in gears. Have you always wanted to be a business owner? And if not, and if so, talk to us about your entrepreneurial journey and how, you know, back to the endurance mindset. I think you mentioned at the beginning of the show about how the endurance mindset um, applies to your business, but yeah. talk to us about being an entrepreneur. I don't know if I want to be a business owner right now, Greg. Sometimes I want to walk away <laughs> every day and go get it. I threaten my wife and I'm going to go get a job um, one of these days and it's going to be great. Um, you know what? I don't think I... I didn't know what I wanted to do in, in, in 2000. This is going into law school times. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. So there was definitely like a, a, a fork in the road there. Where was it? Was I going to be an entrepreneur or was I going to go, you know, work, work for the DA of, of Santa Cruz County, uh, which was a real question. And I, and I think it really came down to freedom, creativity, and building something like that. I realized that I was a builder that I was a leader, whether it was, whether I wanted it or not, that's just the, the, the cap that I've, I put on myself or, or whether it's through sport or, or otherwise. And the way I saw to bring that to life was through a life of business and entrepreneurship. Um, and, and so I think that, that hit me like a, a ton of bricks of like, Oh, I guess this is where I'm going. Like, cause, cause this is what I want to do. So fast track 15 years later, and, and to answer your question about the endurance mindset, the small business owner is an, must be an endurance beast, I think, it, because we've had so many things thrown at us. If you think about that timeline, if I'm starting a business in 2010, what's going on at that time? Like one of the biggest recessions of all time, like there is no capital. There's no nothing. We're bootstrapping everything. I'm living and working out of the same apartment in San Francisco for three years. And you just get through it. And you didn't, I didn't even know that's not, that's not what business was like. It's just, that's what I thought. <laughs> I thought that's what it was. And then you go a few more years later and the endurance actually sports actually dipped a little bit in 2016, 2017. We'd had a great rise out of the recession. So we had a, another trial and tribulation there. And then we run into a pandemic where we're not, we're event producers and we're not allowed to produce events for a year and a half, depending on where you live, two years in California, where we're a little more conservative when it comes to to public gatherings. And so now we've got, you know, the third, the third challenge throughout it. So if you're not ready, like uh, as a small business owner to take, take a few on the head, then it's not for you. Um, we found that we are, I, I feel like I, I'm ready for anything. I'm not scared of anything anymore. Recessions, whatever it is, I think that all, they're all, all climates for success, I think. 
Um, and, and that's just what you, I've just become hardened. And I think that's kind of like an endurance athlete. Like I throw, throw me another 10 miles, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to get through it. it. It might not feel great, but we can do it. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, I hate to keep bringing up yeah, bring COVID it. and the pandemic, yeah. but as an event producer, a small business, well, I mean, I know what it was like for me with my small business, but I'm not in the event business. I'm, I was basically virtual sort of before all that happened anyway. So yep. luckily <clears throat> I, I, it was a bump in the road. Um, talk to us about how, what you did with the team, you know, it was March of 2020. Yep. The news comes out. It's only going to be a couple of weeks. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's two and a half years. Yep. Um, from a business owner, from a leader perspective, how did you approach that? It was, I mean, it's real challenging. That's obvious. I don't even know why I even said, of course it's challenging. It's it's scary. And we're worried for our friends beyond just this business. But if we're to focus on the business side of it, we decided to keep everyone on at a reduced rate. We decided that we're family. This this business means more than just like, how much money can we make out of here? I don't know if it was the best business decision, but it turned out to to work in a few ways in our favor. And that by keeping everyone on, by keeping them busy, I really believe in momentum and, and just not staying stagnant in terms of keeping your mind busy, keeping your body busy, keeping all those things, you know, idle hands or what have you. Um, it will help you get through things. And it helped our team get through it as well. We created virtual races. We created virtual challenges. We also felt almost a responsibility to keep our our runners busy as well. Like we have, uh, you know, 50,000 people that do our events annually. Like these are people that are now not going to have these runs to look forward to. So we created challenges for them. We created goals. We created a California Coast 500, like run 500 miles the summer during COVID, do it on your own. And we're going to send you to something. So for us, it was a way to keep us busy, keep our runners busy, uh, and, and maybe just keep our mind off it and keep it, keep it moving. Now, what we didn't see coming, and, and maybe why I will always stay busy, is that when it turned back on, our team was ready to go. Our minds were ready. Our, they were still sharp. And there was a lot of agencies that had pretty much completely shut down. We doubled our business coming out of COVID because two things happened. A lot of companies let go of their events team during it. Um, they, they, their internal events team, and they needed to come back to life and they needed someone to do it. So we were there ready and, and waiting because we had kept our team on and maybe it hurt in the short term, but I won't say I was a genius being like, oh yeah, let's do this because, uh, that all these corporations are going to want their events teams back and we'll be the ones ready. I, I did not foresee it. It just happened to be a nice, uh, a nice surprise that we were ready to rock the, when the world started opening up, our team was ready to, to start working again. Um, and we did that. Yeah. I, I think exceptionally well. And, and honestly, our business is bigger and stronger than ever because of it. Fantastic. So when was the first race, first in-person race for you, for your team? Uh, we did, I mean, we did one in, in COVID. If you look at our website, there's this great picture of a thing called Hoka Carbon X2. Um, Hoka was trying to break the, the world record in the 100K distances. Um, and so they were looking for a place where they could host a race. So we went to, uh, 
native tribal land in Arizona where there are no rules. It's basically like you can have monkey knife fights out on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> um, but this is, they were like, yeah, you can do it here as long as you follow these precautions. So in, I think in January of 2021, we hosted a world record attempt that was seen on YouTube. It wasn't open to the public. It was all professional endurance athletes, but we found a way to pull off an event, you know, pretty much during COVID, you know, a year, within a year of the world shutting down, we were back, we were back out. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. JT, you mentioned 50,000 runners have come through your events. What do you do to keep that community together? Do you have a, a conscious strategy around your community and community building? Yeah, community is massive. And I don't, I think we can always be better at it because I th that's how important I think it is. It's like, okay, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? We do a couple of things. So one, we have an entire website or a subsite on our, on Run Local called runlocalcommunity.com. And so we've built actually a, um, uh, a widget where all community groups in the community run groups in the Bay Area can host like where they run, when they run, and what they're about on our website. So we're trying to become almost the platform for clubs, running clubs, crews, whatever in our, we're focused on the Bay Area right now because that's where that's kind of home for us. We could see it being everywhere, but then you could pop in, you know, do I live in San Francisco? Do I live in San Jose? Do I live in the East Bay? And then it's going to give you the clubs and where they run during that, that time. So for one, we want our communities to be connected. And that doesn't have to be like us being the ones that are at the center of it. We're just connecting you to crews, clubs, whatever, that run on Tuesday mornings at 5 a.m. because we know that that's what works for you. The next thing we do is just we, we create events. I think events and bringing people together and connection itself is so important in this world. The more virtual we get, the more we're just on Zoom with each other. The more that people are just working from home, which is fine and convenient. And honestly, my wife loves it. Thank you, Google. But I still see the importance of getting together, having that actual high five, that actual person to work out with. There's something just so much more powerful about the in-person event. And, and we're going to keep doing that forever. Like, yes, I love virtual events. They keep people motivated. If they, they're a must, they're necessary at times. But if we're not in person with each other, then we're missing a lot of human connection. And then on top of that, layered on top of that is, you know, how are we, how are we connecting with people on social media and just creating community through Facebook and pieces like that. But I think that's just a day-to-day -day grind of, of keeping connected. And people are different. Some people very, you know, lean towards the in-person stuff and some people lean towards, they find community virtually. We're there to give it to you however you want it and need it. So let's share those social media links. What are your websites? How could people get in touch with you? We have runlocalevents.com. Uh, we have runlocalcommunity.com and then on social, it's at runlocalevents. Uh, that's for both Instagram and Twitter. And then for our larger company, the mothership is at Soul Focus Sports uh, across Instagram and, and Twitter as well. So all right now, but that's, that's where you're going to find us doing stuff with brands and some of our athletes. And then uh, the run local events is all the things we, we produce and own that you can participate in yourself. Fantastic. And we'll keep those in the show notes for sure. I love it. My one last question for you, JT, what's the next five years look for you and your business? Growth, Greg. And it's, it might not be like expansive growth, like a lot more companies or a lot more clients. I really want to dig into to what we believe Run Local can be, which is 
uh, one of the most impactful endurance series in the world, whether it, you know, it's acquiring more events, expanding California and beyond there. I think we have a really unique perspective on how to produce a good event, but also to create a community around those events. Uh, so right now, heavily, heavily indexed in the Bay Area and California from Santa Barbara to, to San Francisco. I think that's going to expand there. Um, there's a huge youth component that I think is really important to us. We have youth kids runs at all of them, and I'd love all of those things to, to have massive components that we're creating the, the runners for the future as well. Um, not only future, future customers and clients, but future happy people. Um, so if I'm waking up every day and encouraging and inspiring someone to run, whether it's an event or on their own, then, uh, then it's a good day. And, and I feel like I've used my time uh, wisely. Is there anything our audience members could help you with? Just go out, go, go out and run yourself, go out and swim, go out and bike, smile and, and take care of your family and community with that extra energy that it, that it gives you. And uh, I, that'll make me happy. Well, JT, you've made me happy today. So th <laughs> thank you for being on the show. I've, you know, some of my notes here, I love when you said happiness is on the other side of movement. Mm. That that's so spot on. Um, the grit with grace was another part of our conversation that that it really highlighted with me. I'm uh, sure I stole both from somebody, but let's <laughs> give them mine. Yeah, it's R and D, right? Rip off and duplicate. That's right. Um, for those in the audience, please share this content. Please like our episode. Please subscribe. Um, if you got value out of what we talked about today, please send it to a friend. Put post it to a community. Um, the work that JT and his team are doing around these events and creating happiness really needs us help him grow for the next five years. JT, again, it's awesome to connect with you. Your energy is really, really well felt. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the race day one day. Let's do it, Craig. I'll come to you. My turn. Thank you for tuning in to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. To hear more inspiring stories and strategies around the endurance mindset, be sure to subscribe below or visit us at chiefenduranceofficer.com. Until next time, keep pushing those limits.